open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the bulletin. It's John 15 and... 16. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. This is God's word. Hymn 171. Holy God, we praise your name. Lord of all, we bow before you. All on earth your scepter claim, all in heaven above adore you, infinite your past domain, everlasting is your name. Hark the glad celestial hymn, Angels' choirs above are raising, cherubim and seraphim, in unceasing chorus praising, fill the hands with sweet accord, holy, holy, holy Lord. Apostolic train, join your sacred name to hallow. Prophets swell the glad refrain, and the white robe martyrs follow, and from morn to set the sun. Through the church the song goes on. You are King of glory, Christ, Son of God, yet born of Mary. 
sinner's sacrifice as to death a tributary first to break the bars of death you have opened them to pay Holy Father, Holy Son Holy Spirit, three we name you, though in essence only one. Undivided God, we claim you, and adoring them the need, while we own the mystery. All right, before we take a look at John 15 and 16, Ascension Day. Ascension Day is tomorrow. It's always on a Thursday. How many days after Easter? 40 days after Easter. All right, on Ascension Day, what happens? Physically, what happens? The Lord ascends into heaven and does not return by. And he does not return. He goes up, body and all. Up. Up. How high does he go? Till they can't see him anymore. It says a cloud hides him from their sight. Pretty high up. After that, how high? We don't know. How high, how high is it, Deb? The point is not that somehow he travels like a rocket man back to heaven. What's the point of him bodily going up until a cloud hides him? What now? His work on earth is done. They will not see him as he has over 40 days, appeared to them, disappeared, shown himself, and gone away. That kind of appearing is done. Um, that he goes and they watch him go away, yep, that is it. He has done. After he goes above the clouds, I'm going to say he just disappears. What does that mean? Well, it means that his going away is not because he wants to be absent from us. It's because two things. By his going away physically so that we don't see him, he promises to be with us wherever God is. For if he is at the right hand of God, God who is everywhere, so Jesus is everywhere. And Jesus promises that I will be with you even to the end of the age. And then he bodily goes. Where's he going to be? Wherever you are baptizing and teaching. That you're making disciples, I will be with you. So, this removing his his work is done, removing his presence as, as man himself, just as a man, that, no, he is true God and true man and in all his glory. And so at, at this point, um, he is with us as, uh, you would say, by faith. We, we believe in him. We trust in him, what he has said, wherever his word is. Second thing, by his going up, he promises to send us gifts. Yes, by his ascending through ranks of angels, 
he is showering out upon his church his gifts. Usually, the archer of the church has Jesus either uh, nailed upon a cross as a reminder of his suffering and death, or with hands upraised in the Ascension Day pose. Um, here we kind of actually have both on the cross as well as the kind of Ascension Day pose. Uh, it says that he raised his hands and he blessed, that is, as he was departing, he was blessing them. He was handing out his gifts. One of the gifts it talks about in today's text. But when the helper comes, uh, it is the Greek word paraclete, uh, which is extremely difficult to translate. What are you going to say about this? You can see at the bottom, uh, um, uh, in the Latin, they just use paracletus, and you might say trans, it's called transliteration. You just use the exact same words and don't translate it at all. The New International Version, the RSV, call him a counselor. Um, what, is a, what does a counselor do? Counselor will listen to what you have to say and will, and will help guide you in the right steps. Good. So it's one that is going to guide you. He's going to listen so he knows what your need is, and then he's going to provide for you counsel or direction or you know, that which you need to, to know concerning the correct path as, as you are to go. Um, counselor. This next one calls him a comforter. What's a comforter do? Does what? Reassures you. Lets you know. Um, you need not worry. He does what? <laughs> well, I don't know how to come. Oh, a comforter. I got it. Not that kind of comforter. Um, That's not a bad definition, though. <laughs> um, to be with. Um, to stand beside. In that sense, to comfort, to be with. Um, that's the King James. New King James calls him a helper. That's the version that we use in here. But when the helper comes, obviously he helps. <laughs> um, but you would say, in what way does, does he help? Um, advocate can be one. One who comes to your side. An advocate, wherever your, whatever your position is, he's going to come on your side. He's going to fight for you. He's going to advocate for you. Uh, there's another word, uh, sometimes even the word um, ombudsman um, is, is someone uh, that I knew at SIU. Um, it was an office of someone whenever the whole system got crazy. Uh, here was someone who could help you out, figure out where you're supposed to go and who's supposed to do what to make sure that something happens. Um, he was, once again, a counselor, helper, a comforter, advocate who would, would help you with the outgoing things. Jesus says, I'm going to send you. When the helper comes, I'm going to send you. He's going to send it to you from the Father. Who is this helper, comforter, counselor, advocate? None other than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Hmm. 
Um, the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out uh, by God for two things. Uh, one, for faith. Uh, wherever the word is preached, the Holy Spirit is working. Uh, we talked about that last time because he's going to go on uh, with the end of chapter 16 to tell them that the Holy Spirit is going to go to the scriptures and bear witness to me, is going to teach me about, teach us about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to create faith through the preaching and teaching of the word. That's the first use of the Holy Spirit, is coming to create faith. The second use is about this spirit of truth uh, who will testify about me. And this is the one who is going to come for the apostles to help them in their preaching and teaching. I am going away, but Jesus has told them, I'm going to send you out. I've got work for you to do. And he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be on your own. I'm going to send you the Helper. He calls him the Spirit of Truth. What does he call him the Spirit of Truth? Hmm. Why the Spirit of Truth? Okay? And he's going to help us understand the true meanings, I guess. All right. There are things that have happened. Um, we need to be taught about this. Because he's helping us to let the Spirit help us be brought the truth, the truth that saves us, which is the gospel word. Which is the gospel message. You're right. There are things that have happened. Jesus died. Jesus has risen. What does this mean? Let me tell you the truth. Right? Let me tell you. Oh, someone came. They stole him away. They, no, no, no. That's not what happened. Um, God rejected him. Well, yes, but what does that mean? It means that you won't be rejected. Ah, so yes, we need to be taught the truth. Where does that spirit of truth work? Always in your word is truth. Right? So he goes to the word to teach them that which is the truth. I'm going to send you the helper. He is going to be the spirit of truth. He's going to guide you into it. Up to this time, you right, remember the apostles last week? Uh, they didn't know, and he kept saying, in that day you will know where I will send you the Holy Spirit. And that's in direct contradiction to the spirit of lies, which is what led us to sin in the first place. Yes, yes, absolutely. Everything is being done in reverse now, isn't it? Um, I'm undoing that which got messed up. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the very message uh, that the devil gave is now to be, here is a new message. This is the message of truth. This is to unmask him, to, to uh, teach us that. So uh, you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Wow, here's what we got. We've got the Father and his son Jesus, who the Holy Spirit goes out, proceeds from, to bear witness to Jesus, to tell about Jesus. And then Jesus says, now you apostles, you, I'm sending you out. That's what an apostle is, a sent one. And he says, you're going to go out and you're going to tell the truth about me. You're going to bear witness as well. So I've got the Holy Spirit proceeding to bear witness. I've got the apostles then being sent out to bear witness. Wow. Oh. Sounds quite similar. The Holy Spirit comes on what day? 
Pentecost. We have the uh, right window, bottom right window, where there the Holy Spirit and the fire comes upon the 12 apostles uh, that they might bear witness. Uh, we have Peter who has the uh, scroll, the word of God in his hand. And what is he doing? He's got the truth. He's bearing witness. He's preaching out. They're all preaching to a woman who is dressed in blue. She is a symbol of not just Mary, but of the church. Um, and so they are bringing to her the truth, and the Holy Spirit is helping them and comforting them. So I was going to ask, in one sense, it is the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to them, then Peter starts preaching, and all of a sudden he's got all the answers. Um, the Lord is using him to say, well, that came from Joel, and that's what was going on here, and it's all about Jesus, and, 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 and that. It appears that Peter, who was scared to speak up when a little servant girl was out in the garden, oh, no, she might recognize me. No, I don't know that guy. Three times. Now what's going on? He's boldly preaching in the temple and, and you know, uh, he's eventually going to be martyred, but he doesn't care. Uh, on the one hand, it sure sounds like this happens and then this happens, but I think, Karen, this proceeding of the Spirit and this proceeding of the apostles, at least from our perspective, far enough away is, when we have the apostles' word, we have that's where the Holy Spirit is working, Right? And thus we have the truth, exactly. And so we connect those two. Um, maybe you've heard my little uh, uh, story about on Vicarage when I was trying to get my phone connected and this uh, uh, little Pentecostal woman for the phone company found out that I was a, 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 a vicar, I was gonna be a pastor you know, down there. And so she wanted to know, did I have the Holy Spirit? I'm thinking, I'm just wanting my phone connected. I don't know about all this, but do I have the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, yes, I've been baptized. Well, that's where you get the Holy Spirit, of course. No, 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 she said. I want to know that you're not just going out and preaching on your own, that you actually have the Holy Spirit. Well, <laughs> I've been baptized, and wherever the word is rightly taught, the Holy Spirit is going forth, and that's the Holy Spirit who's creating faith. No, no, she said. Uh, um, the, the assurance, in other words, the assurance was not in the truth or in the word of truth. The assurance was not in the spirit of truth who works through the word. In other words, if you're wanting some other thing, speaking in tongues, doing whatever, whatever there might be, whatever, what you're really saying is, I don't trust the word. It's not enough. I don't trust what the word says of baptism, what the word says of, of, of the preaching of Jesus. Um, I don't think that he's actually present until I have something else. Uh, here he says, no, um, uh, he will come to you. Now, concerning the apostles themselves, he says, I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble stumble. Hmm. Peter stumbled before. 
How come he is, what is he, what's going on with this Holy Spirit so that they will not stumble? What now? Yes, exactly. What, Michael? They've seen him firsthand. They've been witnesses of Jesus. And so now, with the Holy Spirit, uh, they have that courage. They have the boldness. They have the comfort that here is the Once you know the message, um, that's why uh, I was having a discussion uh, after church Sunday when I was talking about you know one of our pastors that uh, uh, left the Lutheran church. And I, I well, can you explain this? I go, no, I can't explain this. This makes absolutely no sense to me. Why? How can you know the truth, the truth of the word, and then let it go? Um, I can understand someone that didn't. I can understand, okay, but not if you know it. Um, that is just beyond comprehension. How could you ever let go um, you know, of justification by grace through faith, the comfort of knowing that Christ has done it all, uh, that, that, that yes, I am, I am a sinner and I don't have to do something to be saved. I, I don't get it. Um, and so here, uh, the Holy Spirit comes to convince them of that which is the truth uh, that they might know. Um, and they are convinced through his suffering, death, resurrection. He has to call them back, and yet uh, that they might uh, come. What are they going to do? Well, they treated Jesus pretty poorly. Once Jesus has ascended, gone up into heaven, how are they going to treat the apostles? About as bad as they can. Excommunication is the first thing. They're going to throw them out of the church and say, you can't have that kind of preaching here. What kind of preaching were they doing? Preaching Christ, Messiah, Christ Savior. Christ Savior, yeah, Jesus Christ crucified. Salvation through Christ alone. And they said no. They kicked him out of the church. Um, Yeah. What I mean, how sure do you have to be that you got the right message? Sure to death. <laughs> um, because not only first, if the church throws you out and says no, you got the wrong message. I, you, you've got to be pretty sure that what you're saying is is the right message. Um, and so that's what they do. They continue to go on. Then later, um, the one who kills you is going to think what? Religiously. He's offering a gift to God. He thinks God is going to be pleased with killing the apostles, and 11 out of 12 of them then would die for their faith. Uh, these things uh, they will do to you because, because why? Why are they going to treat the apostles, throw them out of church, and then even kill them? Why? You are right. They didn't believe. They didn't believe in God himself. They didn't know the Father. They didn't know Jesus, and so they obviously don't know these ones that are sent by the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit who is working through them. Um, what uh, uh, great you know, closing of the ears, what rejection of that which is uh, the truth. They had it, and yet um, uh, he says, they, they have not known the Father nor me. But Jesus assures them, I'm telling you this now before the fact. I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time about what is, what is to come. Um, why does he want to tell them ahead of time? He want to tell them ahead of time, Karen? Well, it says he 
because um, I want you to remember that I told you ahead of time when it's happening to you, and you'll go, when you, your faith is you know, weak, you'll go, oh, ah. yeah, that's right. And so, okay. <laughs> so when it happens, and you remember that Jesus told you, it strengthens your faith, exactly. It happens, you know, when I look at this, I'm going to go, oh, something's going wrong. Is something really going wrong? No, no, no. This is all according to plan. This is exactly the way that it is supposed to be. And so you go, okay, no problem here. And so this is a great comfort uh, that Jesus is letting them know. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You will have the truth. And yet when you go out and speak the truth, they're not going to want to hear it. Uh, and by and large, the Jews are going to send you away. Who are they going to go to? If the Jews won't listen, they're going to go to the Gentiles. They're going to go to those that will hear. They're going to go out to the highway and byways. They're going to preach out the word. All right. Uh, we've got the Apostles' message. It's been written down in, uh, in the New Testament. Hmm. Um, so, where do we need to go to, uh, uh, to hear God speak to us? Hmm. To the Word. To the Word. Yeah. To the Bible, where it speaks. Yeah, and that's the way God spoke back then, Michael. But what about today? Maybe do we need an apostle, a prophet? Do we need someone else? Only if we think that God needs to change to accommodate us. Ah. Some would say, yeah, all right, so God made a ministerium, a group of pastors, priests, cardinals, leaders, and then, then God can continue to speak. Luke? Right. Pastors are simply to interpret the Bible itself. Uh, we have three reading as God's word, and then the pastor preaches. What he says better agree with the words that the scriptures have told us. Uh, no, we do not need someone else, although uh, there are those who would tell us, whether you're in the Roman church, I uh, uh, got a little lesson on how things work in the uh, Mormon uh, sect, in which I was, I was told that... Uh, uh, that they have a prophet. Not only do they have their, their group, but then they have one guy, he's the prophet. And so I was asking him about, he was telling us that, uh, that they had Lord's Supper every Sunday. And I said, wow, is that right? And he says, well, yeah, it's water and, and bread. I go, wait a minute, wait, water and bread? I go, but the scriptures say, you know, that it's, that it's, that it's wine. And uh, he says, well, the prophet has told us and I go, so tell me about this prophet thing. Well, he's the one that tells us about today. So I said, so what are, you know, so alcohol, is that the problem? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. I said, well, what about you? He says, well, at Jesus' time, it was okay. But now God speaks to the prophet today, and this prophet tells us the things that are sins today. So we got another revelation. We got something extra, right? We got another layer. We got someone else. We got something extra. 
Um, uh, when I asked him, I go, so how is that any different from the Pope? He kind of went, hmm. Um, or yes, or the same thing, same thing, exactly. All right, so when a pastor is ordained, we say to him, I want you to preach the word. You have to preach only the word, the word of the prophets, the Old Testament, and the apostles of the new. And everything that you preach has to be according to that word. And then we pull out a book of Concord. And we say to him, we want you to swear that you will conduct your entire ministry according to this book. And you go, wait a minute, did you just add another book? Um, what about this? Is this to add another authority? Is that something different from the Bible itself? It's got things like the small catechism in them. Some of us are going to be learning that. Uh, pretty soon, as the large catechism, as the Apostles' Creed, a couple other books. Mark? Like what a faithful pastor preaches, that takes the word, parses it, and divides it and explains it. So it's not rewriting the scripture, it's explaining the scripture. All right. So many people will come to you, and I say to the uh, uh, Roman priest, I say to you, you know, you preach the word, and he says, yep. And I talk to the Baptist, you preach the word, yep. And to the Methodist, you preach the word, yep. And so we get done, we say, okay, all of these men promised to preach the word. We kind of go, well, how did that help us? At what point? And so we say, what do you preach that the word says? When it says, this is my body and this is my blood, what do you preach about that? This book says, this is what we preach about that. This is what we hold to what the Bible says. It is an explanation of what the Bible teaches. And so that we might know that the person who has come to us doesn't just say, I believe the Bible, but comes with some other, their own interpretation, uh, we have pledged them for 500 years or so, pretty close, to this book here, uh, since 1580, to say, this is what I believe the Bible teaches. So that you can know that uh, the one who comes to you uh, will not change. Uh, that you will know that he has bound himself to to that particular teaching. And so this is what we have done. Um, I was talking to a, a, a person one time and, and they were uh, speaking about it and they said, well, I, uh, they, were, they were one that said no creeds and no thing or whatever. And, um, and so I was explaining about this and they said, you know what? They said, I still don't like creeds and I don't like all that, but I can understand how you guys can keep the same message by having that, so that you're all continuing to preach the same thing. In their church, they said, you know, the person gets up to preach and we kind of have to listen and find out do we like him or not. He may preach, he may not. He may do this, he may do that. Here, it's, it is to be the same. Are there those? Yes. In other words, there are some who pledge to that book unconditionally. There are others that say, I'll preach to it insofar as it's right. There are others that say, well, that'll be a helpful guide, and it historically means what Lutherans have taught in the past, but it may not be what Luther... And say, so you're right. Wow. Um, you know, we can mess this up so many ways. Um, but that often, yeah. First, we talk about, are we going to unconditionally talk about the Word of God being without air? Next thing we say, what kind of subscription are you going to have to this? 
And you're right, even then sometimes we have to say, I'm sorry, you're lying. Um, yeah, Th this isn't something that is just a simple fix. It is something that involves a diligence uh, in the truth. So, you know, we have a bishop come every year to examine the teaching of our pastors to make sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, logically that's probably where it should go. I mean, I think you're right. Um, in my discussions with them, this, um, it would, it, it seems to me that they will acknowledge that there is truth and falsehood. The question becomes, at what point then, who are we going to allow to say, this is truth, this is not? And so at that point, they want to let everybody be free will, let everybody do their own thing, and let everybody decide for their own conscience. Now, you know, I say, listen, everybody in my congregation decides by their own conscience just exactly what, yeah, I said, and if they agree with this, they, they're members. If they're not, follow their conscience and don't stay here. But this is the truth. Um, and I think that's where the, the misunderstanding, they, they think it's a forcing, it is a kind of thing. So um, I believe there is a truth. I'm not sure about the convincing of it, though, you know? I mean, the confidence that says, absolutely, this is right. Um, I, got an, I, got an, I had an argument one time, and you know, we were talking about this, and, and, and someone says, well you, well, you can't say that I'm wrong and you're right. And, and one of my friends says, oh, yes, he can. That's exactly what he'll say. Um, why? Because of the, the word. Um, I, I, it's not me. I just got the confidence. Here's what it says. Tonight, our prayers. What are we going to ask God for, thank him for, confess, praise? Yes? We'll include that? That we believe the truth. That we believe the truth. For good men who went out and spread the word and those who preach it. Very good. Um, yes. Let's pray for that, that that happens, that he does that. Liam. The people that do what with the truth? Okay. All right. Let us stand. We'll follow our blue sheet for this evening. Holy God, holy and most gracious Father, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says... I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness and in your righteousness. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works, I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you, my soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, in you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good, lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies, and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, cause us always to have a devout will toward you, 
and to serve your majesty with a pure heart. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for sending us your Holy Spirit, for first pouring him out upon those apostles that we might have their words, and through the uh, preaching and teaching, you still sending out men to preach your word uh, that we might hear, that we too might have that confidence of the truth so that no matter what is said, we will hold to it even unto death. We ask uh, that you would uh, watch over those who are suffering persecution for your name, and we ask that you would strengthen them in that same word. In Jesus' name we pray. The final petition. O oh, most loving Father, who will us to give thanks for all things, and to dread nothing but the loss of thee, and to cast all our care upon thee who cares for us, preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal and which thou have manifested unto us in thy Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Praise be to God. The Lord bless us, defend us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life.